Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm a lady and I'm a very emotional lady. I think a lot of my female friends are we're quite emotional people. Um, my sister, I've got a twin sister and she's in business as well. And she is like my agony aunt. I do reach to my sister and we'll kind of like brainstorm, think about things. She'll be my cheerleader. She'll tell me where I'm messing up or where I'm doing right. My family and my husband, we're very open and honest. So I can bring anything to them and they will not hesitate at all to tell me where I'm like completely making a mistake or I've done something a bit stupid. Um, But I think it's okay to acknowledge those moments. I think we live in a society where we're forced to kind of be like these really strong, independent black women and doing this and doing that. Sometimes you need help and sometimes you're going to have emotional breakdowns. And I think that that's okay. I don't think you have to always be the person who is strong in every single moment. I think we're allowed to be vulnerable. So sometimes I will just sit in that moment until it passes. And then when it passes, I'll just jump straight back on it. You are listening to the Dope Black Moms podcast. I'm delighted to be here with speaker, educator, Dope Black Mum and CEO of House of Hair, Ayanda Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Hi, everyone. And I appreciate, I know you're still in the salon, so thank you so much for your time and just being here today. I can imagine your time is very sought after. Yes, very much so. Today was a bit more of a quiet day, though, so... Oh, really? I mean, I bet a quiet day for you, though, is still round for most of us. <laughs> yes. So... I just wanted to really understand everything you've got going on, speaker, educator, mum, CEO. Just first of all, how are you doing this all? So I feel that I actually am able to accomplish so much in everything that I do by being organised, having an amazing team behind me and um, having a great husband. My husband does a lot of of support with the children. Shout out to Um, the husband. Yeah, he's incredible. Amazing. Um, And and I've got a really great team. So um, I'm able to get quite a lot done. Yeah. That's that's fabulous. So there was no fear in it being your name, your brand, delegating. Like, obviously, you've got a great team, you trust them. But was any fear at the beginning of... Absolutely. So uh, my my team that I have now is not um, the same type of team that I had at the beginning. So when I first started out, I, I, my background is in social work. So I initially started out as a social worker doing hair on the side. And when I first decided to take the leap and open up my own space, it was all about getting staff. So um, as in hands-on staff, actual stylists to help do the actual clients. I use social media a lot to grow the brand. Every month we would have more and more customers, more people would get more awareness of the type of hair extensions that we do. And it was all about building the skills within that actual hairstylist that I had, because a lot of them, if they knew how to manage black hair, they didn't know how to do these types of hair extensions. So I had to train up my team of stylists. What I've recently been working on is learning to understand that if I want to grow my business, I need people at the back end of the company. Mm. So it's no longer stylists that I'm focusing on recruiting at the moment. It's actually back end. So it's administrative team, marketing, branding, Um, those kind of like strategists on how to develop and grow the business and even financial support 
to really yeah. get an understanding of the, the money and everything behind the brand and you know the, the takings that we're, we're getting at the moment and I um, think that's really brave because I think a lot of us can think we can do it all like yeah. I can just do the admin I can do the accounting it's fine I can, I can do it all I can do it all but I bet you it pays to have professionals specialists doing that so you can just focus on what you want to do what you're passionate about um, absolutely absolutely I think when everyone anyone's going to scale their business it's really important that they understand there's only a certain amount of you know only a certain way that or space that you can take your business yourself there's only a few things that you can actually manage to juggle especially being a parent mm-hmm. it's difficult to hold all of those um all of those hats the accounting the marketing it's really difficult to do all of that without feeling burnt out and resenting the actual business so I've learned in the last couple of years that it's important for me to um, delegate and outsource to people who are experts, who are better at doing these things than I actually am. I think that's amazing. A really painful lesson for some to learn. I think that's amazing. I just want to go back to something you said earlier, where you said you were doing hair on the side. Many of us have grown up doing hair and knowing people that do hair. So when did you know hair was something more was, was a career that you wanted to actually focus on rather than just something I did on the side? If I'm honest with you, I feel like the business grew very organically and it, it almost feels like I had a pivotal moment, even though I can't pinpoint what that was. I just knew that once I, when I was pregnant with my twins, I've got twins. And when I was pregnant with them, I knew that social work was draining me. And I knew that I didn't want to go back to doing any social work. And the only other option that I had was hair because I was already doing hair as like a side hustle. So it was only weekends and evenings that I was actually doing hair. And I knew that I didn't want to go back to social work. So I wouldn't say that it turned into, I straight away knew that I wanted it as a career. I knew that I wanted it to earn the same amount of money as my social work job. I wanted it to replace that. And I really enjoyed doing hair. I enjoyed meeting people, um, just being creative because I think I'm I'm quite a creative person. So I enjoyed doing that. I never really visioned that I would then, you know, grow to a team of 12 stylists and five external members of staff. I, I never really saw that. Yeah. And I think it's just come organically because now I want the business to be a success. And in order for it to be success, I've had to start doing my own research, looking at other business models and, you know, listening to business podcasts and really learning from people who have been in the game for a long time of how they've expanded their business. And now it's turned into this huge empire that's such a big move to move from a full-time PYE payslip benefits social work job to self-employment so for anybody listening what were the steps that you took to actually make the change did you talk it out do people think you were crazy everyone thought that I was crazy (laughs) um my husband is from Ghana and his (laughs) (laughs) say no more say no more I get it So Ghanaian people, they're very into your education, corporate job. You need to have st- you know, stability in whatever work that you're doing. Mm-hmm. And so um, how my actual steps, it, they kind of, it was parallel with my actual pregnancy. So you've got children, you know that when you get pregnant, there's so many things that you want to do, so many things that you want lined up when these babies arrive. And so I wanted my credit cards paid off. I wanted to have enough money in the bank to be able to cover me for six months, even though I was going to be on maternity pay from my other company. Mm-hmm. So because I was doing all of that and I wanted to gain as much money as possible, I thought, oh, what I need to do is I need to start 
advertising my hair extensions a little bit more. Back then it was only Facebook and Gumtree. Do you know Gumtree? Gumtree, yeah, I haven't thought about Gumtree in ages. So it was Facebook and Gumtree was the only way that I was advertising. But because I was doing it, my, my end re- result was so that I could pay off the credit card, buy a car outright, and then have a little bit of cash left reserved in the bank account. But what I didn't realize is while I was advertising and growing all of these customers, they wanted to come back. So I was growing my customer base. But my intention was just to create generate money in order to save for the birth of my children. Wow. Exactly. And then I ended up learning about sustaining that business and making sure those customers come back ensuring I've always given great customer service anyway because I'm my own client and I know what I want to receive yeah because of that the customers just kept coming back and coming back and coming back that's amazing yeah and and that's what allowed me to step away from my my workplaces looking at my books and seeing how many customers I was actually servicing and thinking okay maybe I could maybe I could do this I wouldn't earn earn as much as I do in my social work role but I could definitely sustain some form of part-time lifestyle with having children and my husband you know, managing the bulk of the bills. Yeah, and and whilst being pregnant, all the emotion that goes with that and the business growing as it was, and it sounds organic, when you were actually in it, did you yeah. realise that's what was happening? Like, did you intentionally, did it feel like a shift of, right, I could really do this? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think anyone in business, you, you doubt yourself when you're in business and you have yeah. that imposter syndrome. So, yeah. and that comes up all the time. Even I look around the salon now, I was just writing out our Christmas um, staffing list for a Christmas party that we're about to have. And I was writing out the list of all the members of staff that I needed to tell the restaurant that was going to be coming. It was 22 members of staff. Congratulations. And, and even, thank you. And even the week before I was thinking, am I really doing this? Is this really me? Like, do they really want to speak with me? Do they really want me to be the person to train them? So you still have that self-doubt. But I think when we moved from our first location, which was just a two-seat salon space, we had a beautician downstairs, or I had a beautician downstairs, and I had to get rid of the beautician because we needed to put more hair chairs down there and I needed to hire more staff. And even then, we outgrew that space. And it was when we were moving into this location that I really thought... Oh, you're a business this owner. Is something now. Yeah, yeah. Like, you're a business. You're a business owner. Um, and I think that was the moment where I realized I'm I'm not gonna turn back. So there's no there's no way of turning back. There's this people that depend on my my work. Like I say to staff, like I'm the top of the pyramid. And mm-hmm. if I collapse or if I move off, then the whole kind of pyramid just collapses. So there's twenty two people who depend on me to pay their phone bill. Absolutely. So, yeah. Absolutely. You've mentioned your wonderful husband. Any tips or anything that you've learned through your your history, just yeah. of balancing successful marriage, family, whilst sustaining your empire, whilst, you know, motherhood, like what how how do you line up those loves? How how do you prioritize the time? I don't and think... how how does it all how does that glue because that is hard that's really really hard and especially with all the things that are pulling on your time and and such important things this is your husband this is your child this is your baby as in your job your your company your empire there's moments where the business will take kind of like priority so something will be happening kind of like family and friends and I will have to just be like you know I'm at the beginning stages of this like really blowing up into being a, a multi-million pound business 
And so something's got to give and I'm unable to attend this, even when it comes to the children, even when it comes to family functions. And then there's moments where my husband will take priority or where the children will take priority. And I just have to analyze it myself and I have to balance it out and I have to justify it myself. And you're always going to feel guilty as a business owner, someone who's having to do things that are kind of unconventional than what your, your friends and your family members might be used to and what they might be doing. Mm-hmm. You're always going to have to just kind of like analyze the situation yourself, sit down and really take some quiet time to think about the choices that you're making, because you don't want to alienate yourself. You don't want to upset anyone and think that they that you're not caring about them. But also, you know what your bigger goal is and you know what your intentions are. I know mm-hmm. where I want this business to be and I know there's certain things that I'm going to have to sacrifice. So I'm quite open with my friends about that. I'm quite open with my husband. But right. for me, with my children, my children are only seven. So I think that they're quite impressed when they come to the salon. They get quite excited <laughs> if I say, I'm going to the salon today. Um, they say, oh, what are you doing someone's hair today? And telling their teachers and friends, my mom does people's hair. And I, I think they're quite impressed with that amazing amazing coming husband, into your domain yeah, yeah exactly um i think when it comes to husbands anyone who's listening and if you are married and or you've got a, a you know a partner and you're feeling like that that you feel like your business or whatever your goals or your dreams are, are kind of coming in between you need to pull them into it you need to mm-hmm. make them your circle it's very easy to just make it your staff and uh, maybe your friends because you're used to having those kind of informal chats and you know just talking about things on in a casual way you've got to bring those partners into it you've got to brainstorm things with them make them feel like they're part of your inner circle and that this is their dream and they're helping you push it along um and i think that's how i get away with it with my husband because I'm, I'm pretty sure there must be moments where he resents things that he has to take the lead with and is hoping that i would be there for it and i can't be but mm. i make sure that he is part of this process for sure. Mm. So you're really being intentional about it. Absolutely. Yeah. I, th- I think that's key. And I think that's quite hard, which brings me on to my next question of just the confidence to be able to do that and the confidence that you have in your purpose and your goal in your domain and your empire. So can you tell me how you are so seated in yourself to be able to do all of this? I, I think confidence comes with knowing knowing what you're doing. So I at the initial stages, I, I've been doing hair for around 16 years and I've had the actual um, official house of hair business and brand for eight years. And I'm, I'm not, I am wavered actually. I was going to say I'm not, I don't waver in kind of my decisions, but actually I do. But I'm, I'm not scared to kind of try things and fail. And I mm. believe I heard that, you know, the American gurus who are in business and you hear them on TikTok and things like that. And they talk so frank about like failures that they've made and um, how you can just learn from it. Reading books of kind of like entrepreneurs and seven steps to this and so on. I think it's given me confidence to just be like, oh, well, I'm going to try this. If I fail at it, I fail at it. But I've already succeeded in, in some regards in what I actually have. So it gives me the confidence to be able to communicate that with people. There's certain things that I might bring and be like, you know, I want to do this. I want to do that. And people might look at me sideways and think, oh, you're a little bit crazy for wanting to do that. But I'm okay with being a little bit crazy and stepping outside mm-hmm. of my comfort zone. And if I fail, learning from it and then trying something different. I don't think that this salon is the end of House of Hair. I have a lot of visions and things that I want to do for the business. So I'm going to have to try and I'm going to have to fail. And that's okay. So you don't necessarily have to have 
immense confidence and just be really, really sure of yourself. You just have to be willing to try and try again if it's unsuccessful, change up the system and then redo it. Yeah, that's what it, so- what it sounds like is your confidence, you're confident in your purpose. How yeah. it happens around you is one thing, but you know what you're, what, what's driving you. Yeah. Which I think is, again, I'm not sure how old you are, but when I was younger, that was a really hard thing to uh to navigate to kind of know everyone will be looking for your purpose what's your passion what's your this you know what do you stand for um and I think it uh you know it takes a bit of work to find out what that is and a bit of bravery to stand in it as you are yeah absolutely yeah it definitely does and maybe that does come with age I mean I'm gonna be 40 next year Um, (laughs) thank you um and maybe it does come with age and maybe it does come with the fact that I have failed um, yes. more than I can, you know, more than I can count on, on one hand, I've failed. So, and because I've picked myself back up, I can foresee how that emotion is going to be. Like if you're not successful in something, I know what that feels like. I know how I get myself out of that um, difficult emotional space. Mm. And then I'm, I love to brain dump and I love to brainstorm and kind of put things to action and, write out the figures of if I wanted to earn this, break it down day by day or hour by hour, what's the earning potential and what type of staff I might need in order to see this. I love kind of brain dumping and getting everything off of my, my chest or off of my head. Yeah. So, but that only comes from failing because if you just jump straight ahead in things without any action plan, then you are more likely to fail. So mm-hmm. I think when I was younger and I was just jumping ahead, I now will create plans and action those plans in the hope that I will succeed in whatever it is that I'm, my new venture is. And in those really big fails where you're like on the bathroom floor and it feels impossible, it feels overwhelming and you just, you know, it feels hopeless. What are, what are the, the, the immediate steps you take when you're in those sort of spaces? What, what helps you to get out of those moments? Um, so I... I'm a lady and I'm a very emotional lady. I think a lot of my female friends are, we're quite emotional people. Um, my sister, I've got a twin sister and she's in business as well. And she is like my agony aunt. So I do, I do reach to my sister and we'll kind of like brainstorm, think about things. She'll be my cheerleader. She'll tell me where I'm messing up or where I'm doing right. My family and my husband, we're very open and honest. So I can bring anything to them and they will not hesitate at all to tell me where I'm like completely making a mistake or I've done something a bit stupid. Um, but I think it's okay to acknowledge those moments. I think we live in a society where we're forced to kind of be like these really strong, independent black women and doing this and doing that. Sometimes you need help and sometimes you're gonna have emotional breakdowns. And I think that that's okay. I don't think you have to always be um, the person who is strong in every single moment. I think we're allowed to be vulnerable. So sometimes. I will just sit in that moment until it passes. And then when it passes, I'll just jump straight back on it because there's too many people who depend on my work in order to have, you know, pay their own bills, like I said before. Yeah. And I can imagine the pandemic must have been tough for a business yeah. like yours. Yeah. Um, did the pandemic, looking back on it now, did it, did you, did it teach you anything? Is there anything that you do differently now? Did you learn anything from it, being a business owner, living through it? I learned a great deal from the pandemic. And actually, it's probably what I should have said before when you asked me about what helped with my confidence. So in the first lockdown, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was going to be, you know, only a 
a week or so. A couple of weeks. Yeah, and I, yeah. I enjoyed it. I loved the time with the kids. I was doing so much things at home. Um, I'd never cooked so much in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Clothes were folded. The washing um, washing basket was completely empty. I just enjoyed kind of like being at home and doing all of that and, and not having to find excuses as to why I couldn't come into work or why possibly we had to cancel. Or, you know, it, you didn't have to because the world knew that we were all in lockdown. I can't help you right now with your appointment. And that's it. I tell you, by the second lockdown, I realised that I am a gangster <laughs> when it comes to business because... I realized in the second lockdown that I had uh, three members of staff, I believe I had at that point. Um, I had my marketing team, but they were all freelance. So it was just kind of like, guys, I can't afford it. But my actual stylist, they needed to have some form of income. And so I was able to transform my digital, my actual training classes. I give all of my students like a PDF documentation of step-by-step -step guides of how we do the hair extensions. And what I've done is I just created loads more Mm -hmm. salon done step-by-step -step images and i sold them all as digital products and i've done some digital classes on zoom that and ended stuff. up making ten thousand in one month and that was right in one month. <laughs> <laughs> and for me that was what kind of like solidified it for me like yeah you are able to kind of figure crap out like you can if, do this yeah. yeah if things get difficult you will figure it out you're nothing's going to defeat you you've got it what a gift. You would have never found that out if we hadn't have gone through that. Exactly. Yeah, that's very wow. true. And do you still do that part of your business? Is that still something you've kept up? Yeah, we still. I still retail all of the digital um, courses because I have pre-recorded classes that are slightly more expensive. If you want to just dip your toe into the hair extensions world and you want to find out a little bit more about it, then you can purchase those digital ebooks. And then you, if you feel like, yep, yeah, I definitely want to do it, you can either come and do courses with us or you can purchase our digital classes. So it's kind of like a stepping stone. You can purchase those first. So they're still there. We don't push them as much and we probably should, but um, it was definitely, it, it was a means to an end, but it, it ended up being a great resource that we had or that I had to allow me to still earn money, not have to, we hadn't even heard about like the furlough scheme or business bailouts or anything like that at that stage. So it allowed that kind of worry to disappear, but also gave me the confidence to know that anything that comes my way, I'm going to be able to address it and figure things out. Nothing can beat that, that lesson. That I mean, that is supremely, you know, you pay, I would pay for someone to, to, to experience that. Exactly. Um, just amazing to hear about the digital courses. And it brings me on to just how much the hair industry must have changed throughout your starts to where where it is now what do you see where do where do you think we're going what's the future of black hair and black hairdressing i've noticed in the last few years that as um that like black hair industry i think that we've become extremely creative with the rise of like the frontals and everyone was wearing wigs but the frontals that literally like they were coming from your scalp that's only been like in the last say four years maybe five years i would say um, that that has become very, very dominant. But then you have the people who don't necessarily like that look, don't necessarily like the braids and all of the traditional styles. So I feel like hair extensions are definitely here to stay, but I think we're going to get more and more creative with it. Um, and what I'm really enjoying seeing is that there's so many different hair extensions methods around, but they were more um, focused towards a European demographic. So our, my demographic wasn't, wasn't included in that. So you would have like, taping extensions but they would only come in very silky hair now don't get me wrong I'm not a fan of taping extensions and I feel like 
they're not actually ideal for our hair unless you're someone who can be in the salon every day or you know weekly at least and get your hair washed and blow dried however i do see that those creative type of they are just they're more versatile and they allow people to experiment with their hair without having those tight braids that might pull on your hair without having like chemi chemically treated relaxers and things like that so i feel like there's going to be no slowing down of the kind of the hair industry as a whole but i think with black hair we're going to see a lot more creative styles coming in for sure okay and just last few questions can you share any feedback from clients throughout your career anything that's really stayed with you from from clients that you've worked on any anything that's i don't um, know if I you remember that's really anything, moved you i can't think of anything in particular but um I, I i built a really good client base from when it was just me as a you know, just a freelance hairdresser just doing it on my own to when i had two stylists and now having a team of 12 stylists um, and I would say that customers who come in and they've seen us on social media and you can tell that they've really invested in their kind of research and they've literally, they say, oh, we've been stalking you online. <laughs> Those types of things warn me when I say to clients, you know, um, these are our hair extensions. They're like, yeah, I know all about the hair extensions process. I brush it from the root and I'm like, oh, you've been listening. It's, I, I think it's amazing to see how much we're educating customers and other hair extensionists because hair extensionists they can make mistakes you can learn these classes you know online and then actually giving it to a customer or doing it on a customer's head is very different than doing it on a doll head and because mm -hmm. of my content that I put out there I feel like I'm educating people and giving people other options so I'm, I'm really enjoying that for sure amazing and last question for any mums listening any advice for those wanting to start their own business do it <laughs> that's it just do, do it. it honestly in this day and age that we've got access to so much content to the point that it becomes a little bit too overwhelming how much content is out there you don't have to do you know a brick and mortar shop like i have got you don't have to build up a team like i have got but um it's really important for you to have that kind of like side income don't get me wrong if you're in you know six figure salary at a job that really respects you and admires you and it, you know you, there's no chance in hell that you're ever going to lose your job or you know that you wouldn't be looked after if you became sick or anything like that then obviously you'd stay in that type of work but i always feel like it's important for people to have that side income especially if you are a mum and you want to have something that you're going to give to your children and your children's children, I'm all about building generational wealth. And my children are definitely my driving force within my actual business. And so I would tell any mum, even if you just wanted to earn an extra £300 a month to put that in your children's bank account, once you get to 16 years, how much has that kind of, you know, accumulated? How much money, how much savings can you give your children to then go and travel to buy their first home, to put down on a car or buy a car outright? those type of feelings I listen to my mum often and she's she often says oh my god my children didn't have you know any savings I wish I could have left you guys with this you're only going to get this with my life in, you know insurance and things like that and I think I, I don't want to be that person I don't want my children to benefit once I'm gone I want them to be able to benefit and have access to finances so that they don't have to stress themselves about having a boss who talks to them like they're absolute rubbish or going to work when they're at death's door because they've got no other way of paying their bills. I want my children to have a little bit of financial freedom, the freedom that I didn't have. Mm, beautiful dream. I love that. Thank you so much for your time today and sharing your world with us. You're welcome. Dope. Flat.
Mums. If you'd like to join the Dope Black Mums private Facebook group, please search Dope Black Mums on Facebook. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe. Please follow on all socials at Dope Black Mums. Thanks so much for listening. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.